episode of Rotella on Air. I'm Mike Stockton coming to you from sunny and cold Frankfurt on Main, Germany. And I'm Balash Renzi coming to an equally cold, not so sunny Karlsruhe, Germany. Mm. Yeah. Well, very, very cold. It is cold, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Looks that's like it's going to be that this. way for the next week. So. Yeah, that's what I checked out. This week is actually, I thought it's going to be warmer, but towards the probably the second half of the week, it kind of cooled down to like two, three Celsius. So, what is that, 35, 38 Fahrenheit ish? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So, and very windy as far as Cosmo is concerned. I'm not sure about Frankfurt, but it's super windy here. That's kind of windy, that's for sure. And, um, I flew back, when was that, Thursday? And mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird flight. Like over Newfoundland, it was really bumpy. And then I passed out. And then when we hit the Irish, uh, like the border, it was like <laughs> all hell broke loose on the plane and I woke right up. So, which is typical. It's usually bumpy over there. Mm. Yeah, so. I, w- I came back on Tuesday and mm-hmm. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday afternoon, and it was. I have to say, uh, in Utah, it was very uh, sunny, very cold, but I saw people in shorts. Wow! Which was shorts and pullovers or like hoodies and stuff, which is okay, I guess, because on the sun, when when you were out and you know you were during the day when the sun was shining, because the sun was shining every day, it was super hot. But as soon as the sun sets it gets super cold, like minus 10, 15 Celsius. Wow. Which okay. is no joke. Yeah, so I got a bit of, not a bit, quite a bit of cold, um, which means that every time I mention that I'm sick, people step one step back, and I have to tell them not. It's not COVID. I tested myself like five times. You should it's tell just, them you're sick more often, so they step away. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, these days, this is normal, right? Like since COVID, people, when somebody says I'm sick, oh, People step back, and I, I don't blame them. Don't get me wrong. It's just that mm-hmm. this is really nothing to do with COVID. I, I was just, uh, I guess, yeah, in and out. You know, the buildings were extremely hot and dry, and then outside it was cold, and then air conditioning. And first day I was sitting under the air conditioner in the arena. It was like just I just felt the cold air blowing on on my neck, and that, that was not helping. Yeah, it's a lot of um, in the U.S. You go through a lot of temperature transitions, yeah. don't you? Yeah, totally. Totally. Nice. Mm. Well, we've been absent for a few weeks and we do apologize, but we have been traveling extensively. And um, this was the first weekend I think I've been home in like three weeks. I went to London, then I went to Vienna for a ball. And then you traveled, then I traveled. And uh, we'll talk a bit about travel today. And um, we'll... um, We'll hit upon one watch release that I think, um, well, I spent a good bit of time with this release, at least verbally, <laughs> this uh, weekend. I, I did a write-up that will come out, I guess, next week on, on this watch. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just do that. And then I guess the next episode we'll get back on track with maybe a brand or answering some reader questions. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Nice. So do you want to start with the Hangalangs controller? I can start, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've, if I, I think I have mentioned this before. This watch I wore before, and I mentioned it on the, uh, on the podcast. You can hear me whining it. I was wearing my uh, today and yesterday. Uh, well, actually, the last few days, I've been wearing my uh, Benra Sky Chief. 
Oh, nice. Uh, same as uh, you have. I mean, the model, right? You have the Valju 23 version, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I've got the Venus. Oh, you got the Venus version. So maybe there is no Valju 23. Oh, there, there's a 72. Which is what I have, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, oh. there's a Valju and there's a Venus, right. So I was wearing my Bendris, and mine is the, um, the Valju 72, which did that, did that one come before or after yours you know i don't know yeah, i, I mean, don't know i should <laughs> me neither <laughs> yeah there's a bunch of versions it's funny if you search for bender's catch if they all look the same but when you start to dissect like the dial and stuff you see all these little changes and tweaks of the design with the loom dots and uh and and all the rest of it it's um yeah but anyways that's the one i'm wearing i while I was traveling, I had my my uh, vintage King Psycho with me, the manual wind, which which they, but you put me on that watch, of course. And I think I've I've also uh, I've mentioned that a time wore that a few times maybe while we were recording, and it was really cool because I was um, I needed something uh, thin to have under the, the my jacket, you know, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> I had my Grand Psycho with me, which I have to say did not leave the pouch throughout my trip um it just yeah the, the the vintage cycle was just way more comfortable and um so that's what i had and then i when i came home i switched to to this one and the last few days i've been wearing the Bendris, uh again because of the cough because i have these uh this um uh winter coat this parka where the sleeve is like just um you know like uh, well, centuries at the end it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like, so you have the normal sleeve, and then you have the end, which kind of closes around your wrist. So obviously the air, the the wind won't go in. So big watches are not too comfortable under it. So I went with this nice. one, and nice. um, yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's just it's just such a comfortable watch. I mean, I I'm gonna measure it how big that is, but it's I think it's like thirty five and a half ish or so, thirty five point mm-hmm. six. Yeah, so it's a relatively small watch for a chronograph, right? And the thickness is. 12.2 but uh it's perfect for for uh for this type of weather i would love to have something bigger that would mean that i i'm, I'm not wearing a big coat but for this weather it's just uh just gets the job done yeah i think the sky chief is a it's a really cool watch and i i feel like they've gone through periods of you know they were really popular maybe it was because benris came out with like a sort of a uh, a halfway there reissue, but mm-hmm. um, obviously they've got some American cred in terms of being a military pilot's watch. So, right. but I, but as far as, as military type watches go, they're, they're still on the relatively affordable end, not like they used to be, but, but still relatively affordable. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and especially for a Valjoux 72, I mean, I guess there's no really, a difference between the price of a of a Venus powered or a Valju powered Benrus. Uh, I'm guessing. I'm not sure really. Yeah, I think but they're pretty similar. But si- yeah. yeah, but um, I mean, both movements are hand wound. Both movements are column wheeled. So in this sense, there is really no difference. But um, yeah, it's just uh, it's really not a watch I wear too too often. <clears throat> but for the last, I don't even know when I got, I got it. Probably it wasn't that long ago, right? No, because no, I, think I you was had in... it, but it didn't ship until a while, right? Yeah, I, I think I got it somewhere around last September, October. So let's say, yeah, four, five months, a better half of half a year. 
Um, but but yeah, but it's it's um, it's something that I do come back to, and I have to say, I feel that I'm turning more to smaller and smaller watches, <laughs> if it if it makes sense. Which is funny because. Yeah, well, you know it makes been, sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I just I realize like big watches they're just not that. I mean, the Speedy is or the or the 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 Grand Seiko is forty, right? It feels a bit bigger because it's thicker than the Speedmaster, obviously. But that's really my the max, and and sometimes I just feel like it's much more comfortable to wear like a thirty five, thirty six time only or like this. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that in a sec when we get to travel. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about my watch choice when I went to Vienna for that ball. But it, it, mm. your line of thinking factored heavily into what I ultimately chose. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've it's gotten to a point now where I've not really worn a 40-millimeter like Rolex sports watch in a while. And I think... Um, it's just a bit of it is i think what you said just with the cold um i don't you know i've been wearing stuff where you're right you got like a cuff or um you know your jacket is is coming over your wrist pretty pretty closely so mm-hmm. I've, st- I've stayed away but uh 36 has just been my sweet spot lately so mm. yeah I've, I've kind of hooked onto that but you know as we've seen with watch stuff it's Kind of like you go through periods, right? Right. Absolutely. So what are you wearing then? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of right on that subject. I am wearing, um, well, I mentioned it at the end of the one of the last shows we did. And Eric wins funny quip about my small wrist. But I picked up the um, 1601 Datejust uh, from 1972 with a lavender dial, no loom mm. dial. And I... Uh, I got it the the day after I arrived. I had it shipped to a colleague of mine there in uh, Pennsylvania. So she brought it in thanks to her. And I immediately threw it right on. I brought my um, bracelet sizing tool and Eric was correct. I just needed to kind of do the micro (laughs) micro adjust. And uh, it's a really, really great looking watch. I think the, you know, the case to me looks like it's probably unpolished and the, uh, white gold fluted bezel is, you know, not worn down. And what's the reference again? It is a 1601. 1601. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the neat thing about this of course, is that lavender dial color, which I think Eric hypothesizes that there was a run of dials made in this color while others feel that it was gray that has kind of gone a, a certain color, but the no loom piece, all the research I've done seems to point to, it being a Japanese issued uh, watch uh, or, or meant for that market because, of course, after World War II, there was, I shouldn't say of course, but apparently there was a very strict um, no radiation or radioactive material uh, import uh, rule. So that that's why it did not contain it. So okay. Interesting. it's kind of interesting. I mean, that's, that's the lore that I read and of course, you read it in multiple places, but you have to wonder if they just took it from the original source there, um, and it's just been spread like a wild rumor. But that that's what I've read, and it, it kind of makes sense. But the nice thing about the no loom, and you've seen this on a lot of the older date chests, uh, especially with darker dials, is that the loom pips do eat into the uh, finishing. And yeah. 
here. I mean, this thing looks basically brand new and it should never really age. So, uh, well, as Eric told you, it was probably, uh, um, owned by a lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe she wore like 15 watches, you know, like a fashion piece. So, yeah, I mean, it's barely, you know, it's got a little bit of scratching on the sides, but not much. And it feels like the, the crystal has been polished certainly because the edges are a bit rounded, but, uh, who cares? And, mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool watch. I, I I'm obviously fallen for these kind of nice condition, uniquely dialed date just like with my blue sixteen hundred and now with this purpley one. And yeah, I, I'm I've been been really enjoying it and kind of going back to your comment about sizing, it's just been a perfect companion. It's really been it was really nice um during my travels, whether it was a dress shirt or you know, something more casual. So, yeah, as I said before, even for me, who, who has a, a, a bigger wrist, 36 is just, or a day just actually is just a, just a, a great size. I mean, I, fair enough. I don't really wear my day just when I travel because it's a, it's a two-tone watch, right? So it's mm -hmm. a very specific, um, design or color, if you will. And it doesn't really fit to everything all the time. <clears throat> unlike a steel day just with like a, a silver or a linen dial or whatever. But, um, but yeah, but, but I, I think that at least that's what I feel these days. Like I like big watches and bigger watches, I should say, but 36, 37, 38 is just really the a great size. And it could be because of winter, because of the, because of coats, but even it, when the summer comes and I'm wearing a shirt, like roll up the sleeve of, of my shirts or, or I wear a t-shirt, I, I would, yeah, maybe go for a bigger watch, but not much bigger. And I have the feeling that the industry is also kind yeah. of going that route. Like they kind of went up to like 38, 40, 41, 42, maybe beyond, but now they're consolidating and going down back to, removing maybe those uh big um models like brightling does right they went up with a, how big was the avenger like 50 yeah i think and now they're also going down and you know aquastar did the 41 of the chrono and now they did the 39 so you know there's a, there's a bunch of examples out there yeah i think you know it's interesting i mean like obviously for someone like me the bigger watches don't play very well but i don't know i i'm like i said i i pretty much wore a 40 millimeter all the time. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I've gravitated back. I, I blame it on COVID for a while and just being at home and, and more casual and comfortable and just wanting something less invasive on my wrist or less heavy. Uh, but yeah. I think it's also just uh, your taste change or, you know, you, you, you seek change and you, go for something that you haven't been wearing for a while. So probably I'll gravitate back towards 40 at some point too. Right. And you try to probably, or start to enjoy the, the finer things and the finer watches, even if they're smaller, right? It's not like, I really love this watch. I love the design. It's beautiful, but I'm not going to wear it because it's, it's a uh, sub 40. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that, that makes no sense. If you enjoy it, just, just wear it. I mean, I have an angles chronograph, which is like 34 and, Yes, it's also not a watch I wear too often, but from time to time I do, and I really don't care if it looks too small on me. I mean, I don't have an extremely large wrist, but um, it's definitely when I look at it, it's not the type of watch that I wear every day. But when you watch like period movies, right? I love it when I see a, a like a 1930s or 40s movie and I see the watch, like a small watch on the wrist, because then you know that the, 
the I'm not probably not the wardrobe, but like the prop master or whoever is responsible, probably the prop master, right? For for the watches, they really paid attention. Um, this is something I wanted to mention I, actually after you you talk about your travels that I've I've real now realized that I've watched TV shows that are like you know 80s 90s. Um, I mean, the story takes place in the 80s and 90s, and the watches are often just just bad. They're like you you can tell that these are not watches from the 80s um but yeah just how it is i guess well, i think that was that famous um gosh what was that famous uh the movie with ben affleck um oh the uh, uh argo argo yeah where where the he was iranian a modern, a modern sea dweller apparently so yeah <clears throat> yeah it, it happens but it does feel like with watches becoming more and more of a thing even the actors are more informed now on, on what mm. they should be wearing. So for sure. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Maybe before we get into our news thing, I'll bring, I don't know if you had anything, but I wanted to bring up one show that I, uh, well, I, I mentioned before the white Lotus that I, that I was really kind of stayed with me after I watched it. And I happened upon another show that's incredibly popular right now. Uh, and it's, Tough to get here in Germany. I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I did have the opportunity to watch the first six episodes. I guess by the time people hear this, there'll be a seventh, um, which I won't be able to download, but I did watch uh, The Last of Us uh, while I was in Mm -hmm. the U.S. And it's it's really good. (laughs) Um, You know, it, it... I wasn't a huge walking dead fan. I mean, I tried to watch a bit of it and I should probably try it again, but there's a bit of that going on here, but I feel like it's a deeper story and I don't know. I'd I'd recommend it. It's, it's really good. Yeah. I read about it. I haven't seen it, but I know it's the same guy, uh, uh, Pedro Pascal, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. The guy who was in Narcos and uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian and, yeah, a bunch of other movies, and uh, I think he was in The Equalizer too with Denzel Washington. Ah, uh, yeah, um, I think you're right. He was yeah. the the villain uh, in Equalizer two, and he's the main character in uh, in The Mandalorian, and also in or at least Narcos, uh, the first guess, series, the yeah. first, yeah, the norm like so Narcos, and then the Narcos Mexico. He's not in there anymore, which I'm watching now because I've kind of forgot about that show, and that's actually a pretty good show. But that, that that's also one of those shows where you see these big. Uh, forty plus millimeter uh, <laughs> president bracelet. They date looking watches. They're not. And funny, oftentimes you see close ups and they look. They like psychos or like they look like fake Rolexes. Old I don't know. Nugget type watches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're we're absolutely not something that a um, well drug dealer or not would wear in the in the eighties, right? The early nineties, because they just they were sure, just sure wouldn't president. see forty plus watches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I recommend it, Bosch, if you have the opportunity to watch it. I and, will. Uh, you know, it's just weird to read that it's based off a video game. You get none of that vibe, by the way. I think the story is really well done. And yeah, it's 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 got some some spooky parts. I mean, there's certainly a feeling of suspense, uh, but it's unsettling. That's how I'd put it. Hmm. It's just unsettling. So I watched a movie on the plane. Um, who's the... Um... Oh gosh, let me re- think about the name. The you remember this movie, the billboard 
outside uh, of, three billboards outside three, of Ebbing, I think. Exactly. It is. Yeah. What's the the, the Sam Rockwell? Norman? Sam Rockwell. Okay. Yeah. He was in a movie um yep. in like a nineteen thirties, forties detective movie. Um, hmm. um I'm just trying to think what was the title? I'll see how they run. That was the title. See how ah, they run. Okay. It's a twenty twenty two, so I think it's the la- end of last year. And it didn't really get too good uh, ratings on on um, on IMDb. I think it was like a 6.4, 6.5. But uh, it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of like a crime drama slash comedy. I mean, Sam Rockwell is, you know, he, he can be very, um, very, kind of very good, but he can also be a bit, Silly sometimes, and I think this is one of those parts. And Adrian, Bo- Adrian Brody is in it, and okay. um, um, yeah, a bunch of other guys. So yeah, um, maybe I think it's—I don't know if it's on Netflix or something, or maybe on Prime. I watched it on the plane on the way there, so okay. that was a that was a, a funny movie. See how they run. Okay. Well, the other thing we started, and by the way, I I think I watched downloads on the plane because there was just nothing, and. Um, uh, we started last night, uh, Dexter New Blood, which mm. uh, I guess was out last year. We really liked the original series, although the last season or two was was sort of forgettable. And it picks it's, off 10 years later. Um, same actor. Same actor. That's what I wanted to ask. Is the same actor? It's, it's pretty good so far. I would say that, you know, for me, the first few seasons of the original one were kind of magic. And it was also just neat that it was in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. so this is way up North in New York somewhere and, uh, very different setting. Uh, it's good though. It's good. I mean, it's 10 episodes. I think we binge watched like four of them last night. So we'll, uh, is it on Netflix? <clears throat> it's on Amazon, but you have to subscribe to that Paramount plus. Although I guess you could roll through that pretty quickly, uh, before you, mm-hmm. you actually need to pay, which is like eight bucks a month. So it's got, They've got Yellowstone and some other shows on there, so we'll probably hang around and try some of those for at least give them a whirl. I, I've not done that, but I know a lot of people like the that show. So, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. yeah, we're uh, trying to find stuff to watch at least for an hour or so at night, and uh, probably should be sitting there reading a book instead. But oh well, well, <laughs> yeah. Should do the same. I started a book last October and I'm still on it. So. <laughs> I know. So um, maybe we hit uh, the one, well, we, we can call it news, but it's actually going to, I think, be a, at least a bit more of a discussion. And uh, in the last week or so, and it, I say it sort of happened quietly because for whatever reason, we're on Zinn's um, press release email, but none of us seem to get it or at least and I checked my spam box and it didn't go there either. So I'm not sure what occurred, but um, Sin released a watch last week called the T50, which is a 41 millimeter titanium diver. And we'll see if my article on it is out by the time this goes live or not. Hopefully mm-hmm. it'll be out in the next week. But I kind of thought we would have published something, but again, nobody got the, uh, the press release. So I put my hand up and I actually wanted to do it because 
The watch is kind of an interesting thing. It takes off from, in my mind, it's a bit of a sequel to the T2, which is a watch that I own, which Mm -hmm. was incredibly unpopular. (laughs) And um, kind of unpopular, I think, because it had a little bit of a C-case design. The hands were very different for a Zen, and it was not inexpensive um, at roughly 3,000 euros. But I think Zen has come back with a pretty cool piece here. It's still in that price range, but they've certainly put a more traditional case design in play. And I think with the likes of watches like the Pelagos 39 uh, and and other titanium watches now, I hate this saying, having a moment, um, I think they felt like it was high time to give this another shot. And I have to say, I'm pretty impressed with it. So I, I can kind of run down what it is, or maybe you want. I'll, I'll switch to you if you want to talk a little bit about what you think and some of the different options on this thing. Yeah, I, I also checked the um, the releases out yesterday and or today, yesterday, yeah, and um, <clears throat> they released seven watches, right? And three of the T fifties, as you said, there's the, mm-hmm. the the regular one which you will talk about, or well, you can talk about all three, and of course, there's a T fifty. GBDR, where you have uh, basically it's the same watch as the uh, T50. The only difference is that the the bezel is uh, called gold bronze, so that's where the the GBD comes from. And the R is for uh, help me out here. What's the what's the R? Rock and roll? <laughs> no, I think it's uh, <laughs> anyways. Sure. So it's basically it's basically the same kind of idea, and I'm and I'm using the the word same in in quotation marks obviously that the doxa did right with the with the steel army mm. and the gold and the bronze bezel here you have a titanium case with a gold bezel and they also have the t50 gold bronze which is the same gold bronze bezel with the bronze case and the polished dial right mm. so um out of all three uh, and, and why by the way the gold bronze it's a limited edition to 300 pieces for five thousand euros, uh, comes on a on a like a canvas or whatever nylon strap, not a canvas, probably a nylon strap. So it's it's basically head only, um, not the cheapest out there. But I quite like them. I like all three of them, to be honest. I like the um, the sword hands. I like the the crown at the four o'clock. Uh, I haven't seen it. Maybe if I go to Geneva, I'll be able to to check it out. Um, but yeah, it's a very clean, very simple watch. Date at three o'clock. Um, the the logo is almost too small on the dial. You barely see it compared to the model name. Yep. So it's a it's a very interesting piece, I have to say. And then and the fact that they actually released three. And if we if we look at the U fifty, which is another release, which is very very similar, then technically three and a half uh, uh, the same looking watches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they came out with what, like a U fifty with DS. Check it. Was it mother of pearl dial or something? Or? No, it, it was also like, um, uh, like a machine, like, like a yeah, like a grinded dial, um, yeah. very similar to the gold bronze T fifty, and a bunch of other, mo- not a bunch, but a couple of other models um, which we can mention. But I think that the the, the showstopper is the is the T fifty, right? Yeah. Yeah, and 
I think um, I'm with you. I really like the look of these. And funny enough, I like the GBDR, which is, um, as you said, has that gold bronze bezel. And mm-hmm. it, the, the difference between this watch, I think, and the T2 that I own, the size is almost exactly the same. Um, but the T2, funny enough, was a thousand, or sorry, was it a thousand or two thousand meters of water resistance? It was something ridiculous. And this one's 500 meters, which who cares, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, like at that point, but the bezels are very similar, although I think the definition of like the numerals on the, the newest one look finer. And um, notably, and it took me a while to, to realize this, the T50 versus the old T2 and even the U50, this doesn't have any red on it. And I think that makes it a much more adult looking watch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing looks like it could dress up or down, you know, much more like a, yeah, I I guess like a Submariner, whereas I think the U50 is a very like toolish looking watch. This is, it's a little more elegant if I can use that word, especially with the gold bronze bezel. And I guess in reading about this gold bronze alloy, they said that the gold helps, um, make it more hypoallergenic. And also it should not patina as fast as normal bronze. And it can just be simply wiped off with a cloth that they provide. So kind of anxious to see it. It's, it's a good looking watch. Do you, do you like the, the GBDR or the yeah. gold bronze better? I, I, I think I do GBDR. I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, I, we, well, you don't need more. I own a couple bronze watches and, I've hmm. sort of said that that's enough for me. Uh, yeah, I was wanting to ask you, what do you think about <clears throat> gold? Uh, I mean, bronze watches in 2023. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's a, I think it's a perfectly fine option, but I have to believe that they don't um, move the metal. No pun intended. Um, like, like they did several years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I think it's a bit of a novelty and well, I think it is fun that the watch can grow along with your activities. Um, I, I just don't think it, I don't love it when they go crazy dark and they also, you know, the, the joke is they smell like, like a big handful of pennies. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> and I love when, when we get these press releases, you know, and sometimes it says, and every watch, because of the bronze case, would develop a unique patina. Well, guess mm. what? Any watch, let that be titanium, steel, or bronze, when you wear it and there's scratches and things on it, it's a unique patina. That's true. That's true. And <laughs> so it, it looks less beat up than <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't really matter what metal you're using, unless it's like uh, ceramic or carbon. There's, there is going to be patina on it. Yeah. Well... So, so this watch, if, and, and I keep referencing the T2, which which came out in, gosh, I'm going back here. I think it was 2013, and it was discontinued a few years back. They ultimately did a blue one and a black one. They still make the T1, which is odd. It's it's similar. It's like a 45-millimeter watch with less uh, depth capacity, but I can't think they sell much of it. Um, but when that watch came out in 13, there was a lot of talk about how it was really like the spiritual successor of the uh, Ocean 2000. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, 
you know, this, this watch, uh, if I look at the gold or the, the gold bronze bezel on the other also takes me back to, it wasn't the ocean 2000, but there were some lighter ocean models that were quartz, I think that also were two tone. So it, it just sort of takes me back to that time. And I think it, it looks pretty good, um, with that two tone look. Uh, I mean, the gold bronze itself looks good too. I just think that I would get, uh, get a bit tired of it, but, um, it is to my knowledge, if you think about what the Seamaster 300 in what the heck is that stuff called? The, uh, bronze gold that they're, that Omega's doing. Oh, Oof. Sort of the question. second application of that, right? So it's, just, it's this has less gold than that, but it's uh, it's a um, I don't know of another watch company that's doing a, a bronze alloy with gold in it, uh, other than Omega. And I had I had a friend visiting me yesterday from Hungary who's a Sin dealer, and he went to Sin, oh, um, okay. and um. Um, he came from Frankfurt and went home, went to Munich and on the way home, he, he, he stopped at my place and he said that the alloy is developed by sin in house. Yeah. That's what, uh, <laughs> that's what their story said. And yeah. that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's what he told me. Like they have in the, in the cellar, he has, they have like a, 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 a like a workshop um, or something okay. where they, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I mean, in, in, in the, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, they, they like their innovation. They're very technical and I think this was, um, their shot at that, but, uh, like I said, it'd be fun to see these in person. I'm sure that we're, wear really well. I, I know we've, uh, we've talked about it and titanium is a little bit of a, it's a strange material. When I put it on, I think it's fantastic, but sometimes I miss a little bit of the weight from steel. Mm. So. Especially if the if the watch is bigger, right? Or if it if it's like a sturdy looking watch, and then you put it on. But that's the thing with the Pelagos. We I think we mentioned this when we talked about the Pelagos as well. Like when I remember when I tried on the thirty nine Pelagos this past August or September during the new watch days, it just felt because it's it's smaller than the much smaller, but yeah, relative. Well, yeah, smaller than the normal Pelagos. It just felt uh, weird. Like mm. the watch on the bracelet, the titanium case of the titanium bracelet just feels, it, it doesn't feel gimmicky. It doesn't feel like a toy watch. Don't get me wrong. It just, you just have to get used to it because, yeah, yeah. because it, it feels super light. Uh, of course, it's a very sturdy material. It just, yeah, when you, when you look at the watch and the size and the bracelet, you, you, you want to feel the heft that, that you get from steel. But it's the same thing with the platinum, right? When you look at the platinum, you wanna you wanna have the feeling of steel, and then you lift it, and it's like twice the size or twi uh, twice the weight. I mean, so yeah. I guess it's just your brain is is tricked, or your eyes trick your brain because they see something, and then you have a preconceived notion when it comes to the the weight, and then it's just either much lighter or much heavier depending on the alloy or the the material. Yeah, yeah. So thirty three forty on bracelet in in titanium, and then forty one hundred on bracelet in the. Uh, with, with the gold bronze bezel. So, hmm. you know, not cheap, um, still undercuts the, the Pelagos 39, I guess the, I was reading, it's like 4,500 euros. So 
And this you seemingly can get. It's a 12-week delivery time, but you should be able to get them. Uh, I, I think they'll do all right with these. I, I still think it's going to be a, a niche model compared to a Tudor, but I, I think they'll do better this time with, uh, with their shot at a titanium diver. Well, last time I heard, the only problem Sin has is to deliver watches because just there's so much demand for the, oh. for the for the uh, for the brand and for the model. So, I think they're definitely not gonna uh, keep too many of them in stock for for keep too pieces, long. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're good for them, right? I mean, they do an excellent job. It's a lovely team. Every time we talk about the brand, we always we always mention it because it is true. It's the same core team for years. Mm-hmm. And um, they they just do an excellent job, I guess. We, uh, Sin is, I mean, what is that? They do like 17, 18,000 pieces a year. So it's like a relatively small amount yeah. that they produce. But I'm pretty sure that, I don't know, but I'm, I, my, my money would be on that 90% or 95% of the watches they produce, so, they, they, they sell yeah. Yeah, in They're the always, next six months or so. Always busy at the Frankfurt Boutique. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. And um <clears throat> yeah, the only complaint I've got on these watches and it's not just these, but for all their innovation the bracelet clasp stinks. Mm. It's not great. It it's <clears throat> it feels older. It's kind of stamped, which I usually find endearing, but it it's I, I find that the safety release often comes loose and the wetsuit extension doesn't stay stuck under the clasp. Yeah. So there's room for improvement there. Yeah. I, I, especially if you think about in the market now, a lot of companies are finally starting to shore that up. I would like to see them do that. If they did mm-hmm. that, I think they'd have a winner. I have no problem with like the, the links that they use. I think those are nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very thin. So. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. Like a, a lot of companies pay attention to these little details, right? Like back in the day, there was never an option like, yeah, the clasp is, is is underneath your wrist. It doesn't really matter, but it does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can, I wouldn't say it can make or break a watch. That's that's a bit of exaggeration, but it definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, I have a impact. different, yeah. yeah, yeah, an impact on, on what I think about the piece. And, and sometimes when you see a great clasp, you're like, wow, they even pay attention to that detail. Now, having said that, I haven't seen this one, so I, I cannot, I cannot say and I cannot compare <clears throat> but but I, I totally get what you mean with the with the clasp yeah. and and uh, especially as I said now where you can really get from Frostner to Uncle well, Cycle all the these same as as what they've been using for a long time yeah mm-hmm. yeah maybe next year let's hope yeah well, let's see but I but it's a cool release and oh by the way cross drilled lugs that's kind of a nice thing from them oh yeah ah oh, cool. Well, I didn't didn't see that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's another that's small small thing that I quite like. Drew Lux, yeah. as I mentioned, also with the Grand Cycle and yeah. the Grand Rose as well. So let's talk a little bit about travel. You, you, why don't you share your exciting uh, exciting travel? Because you you did something pretty cool. <clears throat> Man, how much time you have? So um, yes. Uh, the, the the travel was cool. I went to Salt Lake City for the NBA All-Star Weekend, courtesy of Tissot. Uh, shout out to Tissot and Tissot US who made it possible and Tissot Headquarters as well who, who backed um, the guys in the US. Um, well, 
getting there was not easy to say the least. Um, <laughs> do you want me to get into that? <laughs> a bit of a rant. I'll just I'll just tell I'll just tell people when they think it's just it's you know it's a fancy life of a watch journalist <clears throat> how unfancy it was because uh, I was supposed to fly out on a Friday and Lufthansa the good people at Lufthansa decided they want to have a strike again believe it or not oh this was like the day after their IT snafu right right exactly it was like two so days they, of hell basically yes exactly so somebody cut the the cable. Uh, somewhere at the airport, which caused the internet cable or something, which caused a lot of trouble. But even after that, so for Friday, they announced a strike on Wednesday. And my flight was supposed to be Frankfurt, Paris, Paris, Salt Lake City. Wednesday, lunchtime, I get an email that my flight is canceled because of the the strike. Now, afterwards, I tried to get flights. uh, And I was flying through uh, with Delta, uh, KLM and Delta. Um... Super awful it's customer service by Delta, by the way. Awful. They shame. booked me, rebooked me, and then re-rebooked me. I think I told you privately, I had flights from Detroit, from Denver, from Atlanta, from New York, uh, from Basel to somewhere and there to Salt Lake City. Lastly, I had uh, a flight from Denver to Salt Lake, and I called them, and I said, that's really cool, but how am I supposed to get to Denver? And they were like, well, yeah, but... I'm like it's very cool, thank you. But and then while I when I was <clears throat> when I was on the flight, I got some notifications that my flight from Basel is boarding, but I was already sitting on another plane. So, anyways, it was a mess, right? But then I was going with a colleague and a friend, and he also called them, and then they said, "Hey, listen, if you can get to Paris, we can put you on your original flight." Now, Karlsruhe and Paris is like two and a half hours away with the TGV, the fast uh, French train. I was, I was like, "Okay, it's doable." Mm-hmm. Needless to say, in the morning, there is no TGV. So there was a train, a night train, that's going from Vienna to Brussels that stops in Karlsruhe at 4 in the morning. So I got up at 3, drove to the train station at 4. No information given by uh, by Deutsche Bahn where the the train will come. It's not coming to the track we are expecting, like 20 people. Finally, somebody yells out that it's on track 12. So everybody runs to track 12. No Deutsche Bahn personnel is visible anywhere. Of course, they disappear when it's these 4 things happen. Buddy. Come on, for, yeah, for sure. But then they were all around before that. So you get on the train, four o'clock. Train's supposed to leave. We're supposed to get to Strasbourg at five. Take another train from six, and so on. The train was delayed for over one hour and forty minutes. Whew. So we get to Strasbourg. We miss our TGV. Go to the next one, which goes to Paris uh, train station, not the airport. Um, the guy didn't want to let us on the train. I told him we're delayed. Then he let us on the train. We arrived to Paris at nine o'clock. My flight is ten thirty. <laughs> wow. So we take a taxi, arrive to the uh, uh, the, the airport in Paris at nine thirty, and then I went to the first Delta guy and I said, "I'm so sorry. I need your help because we need to get the flight." And then, well, those I have to say, yeah, those guys. Shout out to those guys in in Paris, Charles de Gaulle, because they were super helpful. Those few people who helped me. So it was it was a mess. I don't want to get into that. I can I can tell you the story privately. It's, it was just a joke. But and then your, um, we arrived Friday afternoon with your original flight, essentially. We, was, yeah, I caught the original flight, but because they moved me, they they kind of removed my seat. So I was supposed to sit in the aisle. I was sitting by the window. My colleague was supposed to sit by the window, sitting in the aisle. You know all that stuff. But anyways, we arrived and um, Friday afternoon, and so we basically 
saw the everything the 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 three point contest the dunk contest and then on sunday evening the game and then during the day we checked out some of the activations that the nba was putting together there was a, a thing called crossover which was uh, very close to the arena in salt lake city where um the sponsors had these you know these um these stands like wilson the the, ba- the ball uh, company Starry, which is a, a beverage company, and they're a new a new um, soda, like a lemon orange soda. They they also sponsored the three point contest, Kia, and you know all these brands. So um, I've never been to Utah. I've never been to Salt Lake City. It's a very very interesting city, um, and um, everything was about basketball. And of course, for someone like me who started watching the NBA in the nineties, seeing these guys like literally walking past me on the on the street um Gary Payton, Dominic Wilkins, Allen Iverson and all these guys is just um just a a great experience and um Tiso had um a meet and greet with Darren Williams who uh, was like a three-time all uh, three-time all-star gold medalist he w- he won a gold medal in the Olympics with LeBron and Kobe and so um we met him um there Tiso had a pop-up boutique um, very close to this uh, activation, um, which was very nicely done. They have an original shot clock, like an NBA shot clock, and and things cool. like that. So I'm gonna do a gonna do a write up about that. And that I think a few days before that, the new watch came out. Um, they always release one like an NBA watch, so uh, I had to check out that one. So it was yeah, it was it was well as I said for someone who's a, who's a big fan of the game, it's a, it's a lifetime experience. So. No, it's really cool. Now, did you see some cool watches while you're walking around on people? Funny you should ask because because some other people asked for the same and I did not. Wow. I only saw probably a handful. So Ellen Iverson had like some some blinged out monstrosity. He often wears a a, um, a bust down Patek Nautilus, but this time he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He wore something like a day date or a day just. I'm not really sure. I saw a security guard wearing a Panerai. Nice. And I saw one of the TV guys wearing a, uh, a steel bezel Daytona, and mm. that's about it. Wow. ton of a- Apple Watches, obviously. And because of the coats and jackets, you know, yeah, it was very hard to really see everything, right? Mm, yeah. But Apple Watch all over the place. No, that's really cool. I think, um, you know, we were talking about the game itself, and it's sort of a – well, it's a place to see all your favorites play, but it's not really a game, is it? No, no. I mean, that's the only thing that people complained about. That the like the dunk contest. I think it was, it was one of the best and most exciting dunk contests in in the last probably ten years or so. Hmm. It, it went to the point in in recent years when when people actually wanted the NBA to ban it because it was just just boring. Um, and this year it was it was pretty exciting, super amazing. The game, eh, not so much. I mean, the first quarter was. All the old stars were out, and then eventually they just sat on the bench, and you had the 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 people. Well, the third. yeah, the. I mean, if you don't get into the starting five on the All Star weekend, you're still an All Star, right? You're still sure. a good player, sure. Sure. but it's definitely not a Giannis or not a LeBron, um, or or a, or a Luka Doncic or um, um, you know, any of those guys. I mean, you saw uh, Damian Lillard and this and that. Um, funny enough, the, um, the, you know, the Finnish guy, Larry, uh, Markkanen, he's the, mm-hmm. he's, um, so he's from the jazz, right? So he was the only all-star from the jazz oh, wow. and he's loved 
in the city, like capital L-O-V-E. Everybody supports him. Every time he got the ball, it was a, a ovation. He was at this crossover activation as well a few times, and and people just just. I mean, I have to say, the the Utah Jazz uh, fan base is super active. Oh, I would think so. That's their big thing out there. Yeah, that's the only thing out there, pretty much, right? Yeah. So they're they're super active. You see, a, you see a, a bunch of vintage jerseys, as I told you, the the, the Malones and the Stocktons. Um, but but and they were also at the game. But really, everywhere you go, you see the logos, you see the jerseys, you see the jackets. Yes, it's All Star Weekend. Yes, it's in Utah. But I think in general, they just they were just very active. And the last bit of information or fun fact. On my way home, I had to fly economy, and uh, Markkanen's dad <laughs> was sitting next to me on the flight. Nice. Who is six <laughs> eleven, sitting on uh, economy? I mean, I was, I was, you know, barely fitting in the seat. Yeah. So you can imagine him, but um, very good, nice down. guy, very down to earth guy. Nice. How were the shoes at the uh, event? Did you see some cool shoes? <clears throat> Jordan galore. Yeah, I would think so. Everywhere. So okay. you, my friend, with your Jordan one, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the 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 most outlandish. I mean, I'm I am into sneakers, but not too much. But the most outlandish sneakers you could imagine, like anything and everything. Really, it was it was incredible. I mean, um, you don't see them around that people don't sell them like, I, I don't remember seeing any store selling shoes but what just what people were wearing is jordan 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 everywhere and michael yeah. jordan wasn't there by the way <laughs> but, yeah. well that's a shame but uh yeah I, it, it looked like a cool event i've i've only been to um one all-star event in my life and it was when they held it at detroit for baseball okay uh, at comerica and it was Gosh, that had to have been in the early 2000s, and I made the mistake of wearing too much clothing and sat in the sun. And it was for oh. the um, it was for it wasn't for the game. I went to the home run derby, and it was much like the dunk contest had become. It was so boring, and yeah, um, yeah they had a stage in the middle of the field, and Mike Piazza was out there rocking with his mullet, and <laughs> it was just really cheesy. So glad i went it was a box check but your 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 event sounded sounded a bit better but uh yeah it it, yeah it was it was it was really great and as i said for someone who's who's a fan of the game just just being there and experiencing it it's just like you know i mean any game is is awesome when you go to an nba game just a regular game right especially if you're in a right town like miami was was they started partying like two in the afternoon the game wasn't on until like (laughs) 7 8 p.m yeah but this is just the whole weekend is 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 about that, and of course in the scenery. I mean, it's 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 Utah, right? So you are you are in a city. The sun is shining. You see these mountains covered in snow all around you. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very very special uh, uh, backdrop to this whole thing that was going. On. And everybody was was super super nice. Like from from the police officers to the people, you know, the guides in the NBA, the ushers in the arena. Everybody's just been amazing, really. I I cannot complain. Very, very cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, I won't talk too much about where I was, but I I did go, see, I was in London one weekend, um, which was very nice. I I wore my Doxa, uh, the original 300. That was like after our uh, episode. So I wore my Sea Rambler that whole weekend. Nice. 
yeah, it was a, I think a watch that you don't really have to worry about. And, uh, that was pretty cool. So mm-hmm. then where was I? Well, the following weekend we did go to Vienna for a ball. It was the United Nations ball, mm-hmm. IAEA. So some, anybody can buy tickets and yeah, I had a bit of a chat with RJ and I went with my white gold, uh, day date. I thought mm-hmm. about the, uh, the gold Speedmaster because I actually have some pretty neat gold uh, studs from my uncle um, who passed away and thought about doing that, but kind of what we talked about earlier, the 36 millimeter watch just felt more comfortable on the wrist and worked better under the cuff. Um, did I you did, wear it on a bracelet or on a strap? No, I did wear it on bracelet, which I know is a little bit, um, you know, not overly traditional. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I, I did try to scope watches on people's wrists there. And of course, even today, the Apple watch makes a, <laughs> a, a strong showing in any kind of event, but I do think I saw like a nice long a one on somebody and mm. saw some pretty cool dress watches. So I think like a Piaget on somebody else. And it was, um, you know, the kind of event where I think, you maybe trot out like a watch that uh, either don't wear often or maybe a, a family heirloom, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that was kind of cool. And yeah, then on my U S trip, it was, was all about wearing the state just, which I did. And, uh, but what did you travel with? Well, I went over there with a watch that I can't talk about, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it actually kind of, like you said about the, uh, your grand Seiko, um, this other watch, as soon as the date just arrived, just stayed in the watch pouch. So mm. I, uh, I thought about rolling it out and I just never had the, had the need, um, you know, Washington DC right now gets a lot of, uh, flack for being a very dangerous place. And I'm sure it has its moments, but you know, when you're in a heavy coat and all that good stuff, it was, it was pretty much covered up. So I never never really worried about wearing the Rolex. So you're still in the honeymoon phase with it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And as it should, weeks, right. So, yeah. yeah, but, um, no, it was, uh, it was, it was basically four weeks of traveling. I was in Switzerland at some point too. And I don't even remember what I wore there. I think I maybe wore my day date, but, uh, it, uh, yeah, wasn't, wasn't like the most exciting watch travel unfortunately it was all business but uh, well it doesn't always have to be exciting i mean no no um i I should say when i was in switzerland i was in schaffhausen for like the second time in in three weeks and finally did walk by the iwc building there and pretty impressive i mean you need to grab yeah you need to grab your your iwc when you're in schaffhausen or your moser because i think moser is also in schaffhausen Uh, they're right there too i'm guessing a bunch of other brands too but these two come to mind when i think of uh yeah actually a pretty town kind of a Mm -hmm. sleepy town but a pretty town so uh but the iwc building stands on the edge of the town and it's very modern and quite lit up you know there's a lot of windows of course for all the watchmakers and everything Mm -hmm. and uh yeah, they spent some money there. That's for sure. So nice. So Event, eventful few weeks then for you. Yeah, as well. eventful and really looking forward to things not being so eventful here in the next oh. couple of weeks. I hope. 
tell me about it. I mean, yeah, same for me. Um, I, I mentioned you privately um, that it was very cool what I was while I was in in Utah. I got a a message um, from from uh, one of our followers, and I I, I uh, can't really, but I don't want to mention his name because i didn't ask him but but he was from uh let's just say his name is andrew i mean his name is andrew but i don't want to mention his instagram handle but he reached out to me and and he's from utah we, we didn't didn't meet in the end so he was quite busy but um he mentioned uh, that he also listens to the podcast and he's happy that i'm enjoying his town so there's some um really cool fratello and air listeners out there and, and usually now it happens that wherever i go where i've not been people mention or people send me a dm or or mention it afterwards that i was in their city so nice shout out to andrew and to everybody else who's listening to uh fratello yeah. on air thanks a lot and keep them coming we you will see if you follow mike or me on instagram you see where we are and if you're in the area just uh yeah sh shout us a dm sometimes it's busy and we won't be able to 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 make it but but if we can and if we have an empty hour or so i think mike i i speak for the both of us when i say that we're very happy to grab a beer or or even dinner with, with some of you guys yeah no that's a that's a good point and uh you know i i, I guess i get to the u.s every two three months for usually a week or two at a time and it would always be fun to to meet up with people and you know Not mm -hmm. just the U.S. We go all over the place, right? So. For sure, yeah, yeah, in Europe mostly, or the U.S., yeah. perhaps in Asia, but definitely let us know. Yeah, you're around. Very cool. Well, that's all I've got today. Anything else you want to mention? No, I think I'm good. I think I. Yeah, we've we've pretty oh. much hit everything. Yeah. Hey, I should mention one thing. Um, I think we we had like a little bit of maybe a few seconds of lag, but this is the first time better not jinx this here in the final minute, but this is the first time we've not had a Wi-Fi issue. And I wonder if it's because of my new MacBook. Could be. Yeah. Could be. I mean, if, well, we can record uh, another one soon. And if that, <laughs> that also happens then, I mean, or that doesn't happen, then it's probably because of your new MacBook. Could, could be. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I you guess. guys don't really, I guess, uh, hear yeah. or or feel anything because i'm i'm uh editing that out but yeah but sometimes it's a it's a bit bumpy let's just put it this way yeah, every time it's a bit every bumpy. well yeah every In time germany yeah. but yeah yeah True. so <clears throat> i bought this new macbook pro 14 and it's got the m2 chip and nice um yeah i'm pretty impressed with it i mean it's uh the keyboard is so much better than the 2016 Intel model, which I think that was the one that had a uh, had some problems with the keyboard, and it's got the uh, you know you just use your finger to unlock it. It's really mm -hmm. cool. I, I mean, it feels like an upgrade. And I did some photo editing today, and just like on the export, it just flew. It was really cool. It was yeah. really good. No, no heat, nothing. So. Yeah, mine is la 2021, I think, end of 2021. So, so it's, it's the great M as well. M1, yeah, yeah, it's the M1 uh, Pro uh, uh, chip, but but it's also um, yeah, it's just a very sturdy machine. I mean, I know I don't want to open a can of worms with Windows versus Mac and all that stuff, but but I'm a Mac guy for over 10 years now, and uh, 
I've had my fair share of MacBooks, probably four or five by now, because um, I get a new one every two years or so. But it, yeah, it's it, it it makes it makes a difference when it comes to editing and recording and videos, audio, all that stuff. So, Balash, I'm waiting on whether I put a sticker on this one or not. I'm not a sticker guy, man. I put my stickers on my Remova, but yeah. I never. Put, I know you do. You, I mean, you did on your old one. Well, it was partially because it came with stickers on it from Bert, who I bought it from. So I was like, all right, I'll just keep well, it going. But Bert put I, stickers on everything. and Yeah, I don't think I will on this one. And nah. that I'm keep it classy, you know? Keep yeah. it simple. Put yeah. it on the remover. Because your new remover, uh, the one remover you used the last time when I saw you, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's still a virgin. Yeah, I've, I've, the carry-on I've kept uh, clean. Am I... Um, my my workhorse got the Fratello on air sticker on it though. Good, but you have you have enough stickers, so you can put it on another one. Yeah, and we have some some Fratello on air stickers left, so maybe we can eventually yeah. we can uh, send a few out to people. I have to yeah. have some new ones done, but yeah, you need to sh- send me that link again, and I need to order them. So oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't go through the offer yet. So I will. Cool. Well. Buddy, I wish you a great rest of your Sunday. And, uh, and you too. Folks, we'll try not to have such a hiatus again. And uh, if you've got any show ideas, just let us know. Yep. Instagram. L- lots of watch news coming, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, we're, in the next few weeks. We're hitting the yep. season here. so For sure. All right. Good stuff, man. With that, Mike is out. Well, I just have two.